If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Unlocked. It's IGN's Xbox show coming at you each and every week, Tuesday, 3 p.m., unlocked.ign.com, or a day later on podcast services and youtube.com slash IGN Unlocked. Tons to talk about this week. Huge show. Project xCloud, Microsoft's streaming gaming initiative. They teased it at E3. We'll talk a lot more about that because Microsoft themselves detailed it. Plus, some late-breaking news just before we recorded. For once, before we recorded, <laughs> we've got some news uh, from our friends at Kotaku about Microsoft's next probable studio acquisition. So look for more about that. Plus, some good news regarding the uh, the displaced employees at Telltale Games as well as the Walking Dead project itself as it looks to finish up somehow, some way, its final season. Plenty more to go. All that and more this week on Unlocked. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my right, Brendan Graber. Hi, hey, buddy. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, back. good to have you back. Uh, you were in West Virginia for a few days. We're going to talk a lot more about why and what you're up to in just a minute. Brendan Tyrell. Hello. Hey, buddy. Hi. Good to see you. We've got very similar names, so this should yeah. be a fun show. Yeah, next, B team. next week, B uh, team. Brandon Hunt will be joining us as well. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, I don't like that moniker because B team automatically implies that we're a step below. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Have pride in your. Oh, I'm very proud. Miranda <laughs> Sanchez, hi. Hello. I, you've brought the grunt plushie today. Yeah, I'm I brought like him that. back. I just, I just like having him around. Also, two okay. thirds of vault. Just watching yeah. over. Yeah. I want a high five, but it's, it's like the, can't the quite reach. high five. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I want to start with our guest of honor. Brendan Graber, uh, you made your way to West Virginia of all places. Bethesda had themselves an event uh, at a place that's in Fallout 76. And they locked us in a bunker for three days. Not to really. play Fallout 76. So, <laughs> they uh, only let you out when you finish. <laughs> I thought it was like the, the best PR move, just like, we're going to lock you for 200 years to celebrate, yeah. and we'll drop a bomb in the hotel. We'll let you out at the centennial. Taking that PR marketing budget a little Whoa. too far. They had to spend it somehow. Yeah. Well, uh, you la- you lived. You made it. Yes, I made it out. Congratulations. You even changed out of your, your jumpsuit, your vault suit. It was a very, it's clothes. a very creepy hotel. <laughs> I got to just say, like, it's uh, it's the Greenbrier, and in the game they call it the White Spring because uh, they have the White Spring on the hotel. Like it used to be called like the White Spring Hotel uh, in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, and it's like a cross between like The Shining 
and your grandma's house. Like there's really gaudy like the couches wall- are wrapped in plastic it's, or what? But there's <laughs> two little twin girls walking down the hallways. Yeah, at there's time. like these really creepy like hallways and like really weird flooring and like carpets and stuff. And like apparently that's kind of the point to be so gaudy because they actually built a congressional bunker underneath the property that was hidden and wasn't public knowledge during the Cold War, huh. but it never got used. Because obviously, thankfully, we, thankfully. thankfully. Yeah, and so <laughs> like they, they didn't talk about it for years and years until someone finally leaked it. And then they finally opened the public for tours. Um, oh, cool. So it's kind of the perfect tie in where it's not Vault 76, but you can actually visit that same bunker in the game. Nice. Well, how about the game? So you're we had a couple of our UK office members go see it. And you are our lone USA representative, mm-hmm. so you have you have all the the knowledge uh, in this office in this situation. So, so what do you think of it? I mean, what were your sort of expectations going in versus uh, what what the game ended up being in your time with it? I was very confused going in. Like we had seen only the tidbits at during E three, and, yeah. and I was sort of like, is this a Fallout game? Is this a weird kind of spinoff where it's like you know bits and pieces of it? And playing it, I realized that if you liked Fallout 4, there's a whole lot more of that. It's Fallout 4 with online elements in a, in a very in a very basic sense. Yeah. Um, like it's not like Elder Scrolls Online where they kind of reworked everything and it doesn't really resemble an Elder Scrolls anymore. Whereas Fallout 4, like they have that modified creation engine. There is the VATS, but it's real time, so you can you kind of like auto aim now instead of oh. actually slowing down to pick your shots, which I don't really like as much but the that exploration like you know every location has that patented bethesda like level design where like oh like handcrafted yeah like what happened here there's a skeleton like there's a notepad like uh, but a lot of it is you know finding out your own story as you progress but it's also very odd because it's the first fall game with no human npcs you see robots you see bodies of humans, yeah. but you never actually find people to talk to who send you on a quest. It's always from a holotape, from a robot, from a radio signal. And it's that's kind of the weirdest part where I don't know how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. I went on a couple of side quests in the game and I started the main quest series. But like there is that lonely feeling where it's like it's almost like The Witness or Mist where huh. you've, you've arrived in a place Comparison. after humans have left. Yeah. And you have to pick up the pieces. And it, it feels like you just missed them. Like there was a camp I went to and it was full of super mutants and they had taken over a settler camp at this like crash plane, uh, plane and they had rebuilt the plane in like a treehouse setting. And you could see the bodies of settlers. I'm like, Oh, I just missed them. They're bodies here. They're not that, they're not skeletons. They're just yeah. corpses. Still like, warm. Yeah. There's, oh. and I was just like, is that going to be everywhere I go where it's like, oh, you just missed the guy. He just left and like now you have to find a holotape. But like can that sustain a meaningful story? I'm not sure. Right. Um, but I did have fun. Like I really had fun going off on my own. We were with a, a group of four people. We had a uh, Bethesda developer kind of like as a tour guide. Sure. And then I was with uh, GameSpot and Game Informer. And they kind of said like if you want to go on your own. Feel free. So I just immediately just booked it. <laughs> See you guys. Yeah, Sounds I'm, about right. Yeah. I'm doing wiki stuff. I'm looking at the map. I actually, they were pissed off because I was looking at the map in the beginning of the game instead of going outside to get in the group. And they're like, mm. where's IGN? I'm like, <laughs> uh, be right there. Hang on. Just scribbling notes down. <laughs> Pretty furiously. much. But I do like the map because if you remember uh, Fallout 3, Fallout 4, there was like that ugly kind of Pip-Boy yeah. grid. You couldn't really tell what was what was what. And now if you look at the map, it's like a, it's like an amusement park. 
or like a zoo. Like you see these giant icons oh, okay. of like, it's like buildings. nice illustrations. Yeah, like really nice, like larger than life pictures of like you know a Ferris wheel or a giant gator. And you want to go like, oh wow, that looks cool. I don't know what that is, but I want to go check it out. And it kind of encourages that exploration factor of like you don't know what's over there, but there's like a blasted blackened part of the map. And like, wow, that looks cool. I need to go check that out next. So how was it playing A with other people and B alone? Um, yeah, I guess it's very odd. Like we talked a lot uh, to kind of like coordinate and like uh, some people turned like the de facto leaders of like we should go here next. Yeah. We're like, okay. And then like uh, it was nice to have people with you. It felt like – it kind of gave you a sense of security of like if you ran into trouble, you had people at your back. And we were actually taking on like level 15, level 16 monsters, level 5. So I don't know if like the damage reduction or the damage qualities had been changed a bit for a group. Right, scaled. Yeah. Um, but it felt like it was fun. And the way that they handle loot now is that every container, including like, you know, plants and stuff, are they're instanced. So if I go to loot a box, Someone else can loot it too, and they'll find stuff in there as well. Okay. But if it's on the desk and I take a bobblehead, which GameSpot did, nobody else can get that bobblehead until it respawns okay. somewhere else. Damn hmm. GameSpot. <laughs> I was very sad that I missed that that uh, bobblehead. But it was kind of a cool because – Yeah, I got it. I, I, <laughs> or you I, kill I GameSpot and take it from them. <laughs> we didn't actually enable PvP until level 5. Uh-huh. It's pacifist mode until level 5, and then you can start – Engaging in, you know, fighting other people, which is a very is, thing, weird thing in itself. Is friendly fire on? Uh, I think after five, friendly fire is on and it okay. gives you an alert. It's like, oh, you hit someone, they can hit you back, but it's like really reduced damage. Okay. Right, like, right, right. Cause remember, it's, there's like the fail safe there. It's like if you accidentally hit somebody you didn't intend to, like, right. you can actually mm-hmm. engage unless you have murderous intent. Right. But we had some, we had some good moments and it didn't feel like, you know, we were too crowded, only like in the very beginning where everyone's rushing out the gate. Sure. Like there's like a initial camp you can you can find with a bunch of workstations and only one guy can use a workstation at a time. Mm. Other people can salvage from that workstation, but they can't craft as well. So at one point I was just like kinda of waiting in line, like I wanna build a, <laughs> I wanna build the straight. <laughs> That's what I love next. in video games. But like in I lines. imagine like after the initial rush of people, like you find a camp, you're probably gonna be the only one there. Or like so think, with three people. Do you all start in the sorry not to no, cut you off? Do you all start at the same spot? Like, you all start in Fallout seventy six, which is like an instanced area underground and you load screen out into the world and like that's the only starting location in the game. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So but I imagine like the farther you get from the vault, the the harder it gets around. So like everybody is just by design going to be in this smaller area mm-hmm. for their first And it's a very hours. big map too. Yeah. And I felt like we immediately just rushed out. <laughs> And we didn't really like stay in that area. Mm. Like some people come, kind of like go like the round the, the exploring area, like the very beginning. Mm. Whereas we just like let's go east like, as far as we can go until we hit like a mountain range. Um, yeah, and then when I went out on my own, like I actually I had to avoid a lot more encounters because I was in dangerous territory. But I still <laughs> felt like it was that it it kind of just went back into that Fallout vibe of just like I'm on my own. I'm li- listening to a recording table. I'm like exploring this old house. But I do wonder though if like you're in a group, we were kind of – we didn't chat too much but like there's a lot of audio tapes and you have to deal with your audio log and three other guys yelling at you. <laughs> and it's kind of like, could you guys shut up for a minute? I got to hear what she's saying. The, the max party size is four. Right? Yeah, and yeah. the server size is only around like 24 give or take. Okay. They might change that later. So it's a very sparse world and there it will be area-based chat. Mm. But it's like I'd hate it if I was like trying to listen to like this important – 
document and someone's like going like, hey, what I are you doing? I want my gonna- chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that too. <laughs> I think there is Mom, I'm listening to the story. <laughs> It's sounding more and more like Rust. Listening yeah, to well, that's, what that's actually about. exactly what I was going to ask, or that's part of it is when it was announced, it was like, oh, is this kind of a Rust survival game? But then the other sort of, I don't want to call it a concern, but like for someone like me, like for me, I didn't like the building, crafting, mm-hmm. uh, town building elements of Fallout 4. Yeah. Is that what this game is? I don't think so, though. That can be what you, if you want it to be. Okay. Like, there is a base building element. And what's nice is that you carry around like a little, it's called the camp, like the C-A-M-P. Mm. It's like a portable campsite, which you can place down and then it becomes a free fast, fast travel spot. And you can salvage things there. Nice. You can start creating a base. And then when you decide to pack up and go, it'll blueprint everything. So that when you place somewhere else, that camp just springs up against everything nice. you built. Okay, mm. I like that. And does, like, it, if, does it take time, or can you just be like, "I'm under fire, camp"? Uh, you can leave it. You can just leave it there, run away, and then place a new camp, and it costs like five caps, mm. and it will just bring up everything. Or but, if you log off for the day, yeah, you take your camp with you. You come back, it comes up. If someone else is already there. Then it just blueprints your stuff. It's like, okay, just go find somewhere else oh, and throw it down. That's a nice change. Cause in Rust, like you built this awesome house and then you right. log off for the night and come back and someone has C4'd it to. Yeah. Like, I, I like cinders. that. So a big thing that's different about Fallout 76 versus Rust and other survival games is that you can see everyone on the map, mm-hmm. which is really unique because in all those, you're just like listening and like trying to find who's out there um, and playing against the environment too. Um, and I think because everything is so telegraphed with other players positioning, it's going to be a lot easier to avoid aggressive situations. And mm. because you do get the notification in like smaller damage from or reduced damage from other players at first, um, I think that's going to be really helpful for people who don't like the PVP aspect. Yeah. As a person like you saw, <clears throat> you remember Sea of Thieves. I had mm. a lot of problems with griefers and mm. I hated it. Um, so on one point, I kind of like that if someone murders me and manages to kill me without fighting back, they are labeled a murderer and they can't see anyone else on the map anymore. So I can easily run away and get some distance and never find me again. Yeah. But as someone who would like PvP, like if I was into that, like I think about how I fight in Fallout 4, I like the sniper rifles. Mm. So what kind of annoys me is like if I have a sniper rifle and I get this perfect headshot and it goes plank like five damage and they're like, oh, someone just headshot you. Do you want to fight back? And they're just like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, that was a waste. Yeah, I, I think, just got to uh, go ahead. Yeah, I just think that's going to set up for some really interesting role playing too because it does make the challenge so much harder if you are into griefing or that really aggressive person on the server. Like it's going to be more of a challenge, but it also gives people who aren't into that a chance to fight back yeah. or just disengage completely and run off and like avoid that yeah. situation. Yeah, we saw so many so few instances of PVP that I really can't wait to see how it kind of transforms. If it's what Bethesda wanted or if it morphs into something really weird that they didn't anticipate. Yeah. And so I think it just opens the door to a lot of possibilities of seeing like how people can interact with each other. I think that's really exciting. I'm curious if there's going to be like an option you opt into. There is one opt-in thing on your Pip-Boy that's really cool. It's called – it's like a radio signal called Hunter Hunted. And when you opt in, you get a quest and it waits for at least four people to opt into that radio signal. And if they all opt in, then you get a target. Oh. One person is your hunter. And one person's your hunted. So oh, it's kind of like a, a, a round robin, like you have to find someone and you have to also watch out for someone on your back. And then it enables PvP with those those people. That's, that's cool. so cool. So yeah. like, that's like, like a that. great way to do that without having, again, just like core griefing and like how awful that can feel for a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like that a whole lot. That's great. Also, if you die, you only drop your junk in a little paper baggie. 
So <laughs> people can't loot it, but it's just crafting materials, so which is nice. And then I, we, we have to ask you, there is video on IGN. Maybe Dan's going to have it queued up now, but uh, the nuke. Got to ask about that's That was... What's the what's it like? Did you get nuke? Did you nuke anyone? Yeah. So the uh, the demo ends well, like at three hours. Uh, one of the developers, I guess, launched a nuke at Fault seventy six, that area around it, and they had everyone come back as like a viewing party uh, to watch the world end. <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh god, morbid but cool. It is. It is very morbid when you start thinking like, why are we celebrating nukes dropping in the whatever? Uh, that's a video game, all right? Um. So yeah, it doesn't look that great. Um, I wonder if it's because it's, this is also a huge map and very few parts are instanced. It has to account for all the players in the server and this zone that changes before your eyes. Like when you nuke an area, that becomes the end game content. Like the place gets irradiated, monsters get even crazier. There's better yeah, loot. Plus, you, you have to have yeah, like, plus. you have to have like a crazy rad suit to yeah, even like, go there. A bunch of people, including myself, ran in as soon as the nuke went out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds that, That's how you end your demo. And then we just like, it was like, dead. Like you were yeah. dead in five seconds unless you had like wow. power armor with rad resist and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it didn't look the greatest. Like at the time, I was just like, ooh, it's so pretty. But like, you know, looking back in the footage, I'm like, yeah, it looks kind of stiff. And it makes me wonder. Uh, it makes me wonder. I mean, when games like Daisy and Rust, there was this point where the server, uh, whatever server shard you were on, had been live for so long that there were like full metropolises built and, you know, players had already had endgame stuff. So they were like really like a, a, a tight group of people with assault rifles and C4 and all that. They were really hard to displace. <clears throat> and so eventually, occasionally, servers would just get wiped. And I'm curious. This sounds a little bit like that. Like what happens after 10 players drop nukes and the entire map is just full of pot-marked radiation I wasn't able to zone. ask about that, but I heard someone saying – I don't know if it was confirmed that like you can only do nukes like once a week. Oh, They okay. might be spread out. Mm. I would imagine that at least like maybe like you know once a day. Yeah. Like, so you can't like light the entire map at once. It would be kind of, kind of crazy. And the – the the way to obtain a nuke is going to be very long and yeah. arduous. Like it's part of the main quest as well as cycles. You have to find launch codes on high level monsters. You have to find a site where you can launch the nuke from. Then you mm-hmm. target the place. So I think it's going to be a really a very rare event that you see the nuke going off. And then that's why everyone wants to come together. And go oh let's watch the nuke go off. It'll you know? be like a server event. And like this is also a, it's a very cosmetic change too. Like it doesn't like flatten all the locations, right? Because everything's just like kind of a little darker. <laughs> yeah, it makes it just like the giant like orange mist that takes over the place. Like, oh, cool! But nothing gets uprooted. I think if you have a camp there, it probably gets damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good way to displace people you don't want camping uh, here's there. Here's the viewing party we're about. If you're watching on video, we're about to watch the nuke go off. And there were some uh, Bethesda guys there with uh, power armor too. Wow, but, you yeah. guys are entirely too close to that nuke. <laughs> this is like be okay. I mean, this that, is like the scene from Terminator Two. It's just like that's why yeah. Vault Boy has the thumbs up because he's uh, has his eye against the mushroom cloud, and we didn't do that. So too big. That doesn't there look that doesn't look that bad. That looks more stylized you know, uh, than, than bad. It looks flat. It. Like especially yeah. as, it does as look it flat. Ends, yeah. like, a little, it gets a little worse looking as it goes. But now, yeah, I, I'm sure they prefaced before you did your preview. Like what? Uh, what state of development is this in? Is this like pre-alpha? Uh, it was locked off at least two or three weeks before the event, and they had still working since then. Got it. So it wasn't like the most recent build. Yeah. Right. It was like, work in progress. Yeah, and then you know they might go back and update stuff. Like it's this is a uh, yeah, it'll live on an online game, and they said that they would that be look looking cool. at feedback to update mm-hmm. post-launch. Like they have updates planned yeah. uh, down the road, but they also have time space for like 
watching how people react and go, okay, Good. everyone's at the end game content and they want something different. Let's do this instead. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I wanted to talk about, uh, I was, you were in West Virginia. I took a quick trip to LA to play Hitman 2 for a day, which I feel like kind of nobody's talking about Hitman right now, even mm. though. I know we we put up a gameplay video of the Miami map at the racetrack. At yeah, E3. I was there at E three. Way over a million views. Like there is, there is a group of dedicated stealth slash Hitman fans out there. This is if you're watching the video now. So the mission was set in Colombia, and you had three targets to pick off, and you could do them in any order in any way you wanted to. And in an hour of playing, I killed everyone. Oh, <laughs> only got one. Really, one of the three targets because I was you know I I like to try and. Was really it? take my time and and Thank you. I'm kind of a perfectionist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, games. same here. Oh, for sure. I don't like to just go in and you, you don't just want to thro- throw a grenade through the window. <laughs> yeah. It's like I need to get the rat poison and so then you go change optional. into the chef's outfit. Well, that's just the nice thing about him because it does give you so many options to do that. Yes. Like how to figure out how to do that is unique. And that really and that was that that strength is very much on display in this mission. Uh you know, if you played the twenty sixteen reboot uh, th- which the whole point of that was to get back to the sandbox style uh, Hitman gameplay, the, the very open-ended gameplay. This is just more of that, except this one's not episodic. It's going to be a full, fully featured $60 game where you get everything out of the box at launch. You don't have to prepay and wait for new drops to happen every so often. And, yeah, I just uh, – I tell you, I had a great time with it. I This is, I think, the beginning, the right when I dropped in. But the first one I chose, so I just organically was walking around and uh, found this tattoo artist. Uh, I don't, I, we probably won't have time to get to it here because there's just a lot of exploration in this early gameplay. But uh, <laughs> so that if I I, I posted up at the bar, just you do like a blend in, and you're just yeah. hanging out at the bar, and you overhear the tattoo artist. So here it is, uh, saying, "Oh uh, man, I I got to do this." Like I guess the this drug lord wanted him specifically. He's like a world-renowned tattoo artist. He's like he was super scared. Like if I screw up, he's gonna kill me. This guy just kills anybody. So what did I do? I of course poisoned his drink oh, no. and wore his skin. I mean his clothes. It, oh god. <laughs> 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 well, he does have tattoos on his arms. Like well, I guess I'll yeah. put these on. Well, somehow <laughs> I don't know. If you, you do get okay. later on when you if you see the disguise later, you do have the tattoos. So on your you arms. skinned him. Well, I don't like. I don't know if they're like. I don't know what he's how, how Agent Forty Seven pulls this off. But yeah, so this is just a lot of the blending in. You and just listening get, grab to a him. marker. You just copy yeah, everything. Just, uh, Only takes what a few you minutes. Do. Right? Like, I see you are the renowned tattoo artist. Like it's like a smiley face just. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, Forty Seven does have that barcode like tattoo. Skipping around. To, yeah. So this is. Oh, yeah, we went too far. Well, there's the outfit. We skipped me uh, waiting for him to go to the bathroom, <laughs> vomit, and then... Fast forward, fast forward. Yeah, this is, this is like a very intense skip around right here. There he is. So his I beer hate, got poisoned. I hate Agent 47 <laughs> in that outfit. I but hate it. But you notice, it. I didn't... I he looks like Jamie Kennedy. Neck, but he's just an innocent tattoo artist. Yeah, he didn't do anything he didn't wrong. Do anything he's just wrong. scared. So he just got a you little just tummy ache. poisoned him. A yeah. little tummy ache and a little nap. That's, that's Oh, you took his tattoos and, off. And stripped. <laughs> I saw that you skinned him. See? <laughs> no, his skin's still there. Uh, yeah. He just, uh, yeah. Threw him out the window. Yeah, that's... Threw him out the window and then into the dumpsters. He'll be fine. Oh, yeah. So, totally so no big deal. So the secret here is that his tattoos were actually sleeves, like real sleeves. 
Oh, like the Halloween ones yeah, you bought? Like yeah, I guess so, but... You're not anyway. a famous tattoo artist at all. You're a fake. <laughs> You're from... Oh, I like how you poison him, strip him, throw him out a window, and then just ever so gingerly set It'll him in the dumpster. It'll just feel like a bad dream later. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah. But anyway, no, I... Yeah, an hour, like I said, an hour I barely dented this mission. I really had a good time. I love how open-ended and huge the map is and this, the sandbox is. So, yeah, this game's out in November something. I don't remember quite when. I think it's mid-November for this one. But, yeah, you know, if Splinter Cell's been MIA for so long yeah. and uh, Metal Gear is over, basically, so... I do know, love this, Hitman because it's, like, one of the few pure stealth games we have left. Yeah, that's like, ex- And that's exactly the point. Because things like, you know, uh, Dishonored, it's just like, oh, you can be stealthy or you can kill everybody. That's, and they make it so enticing. Yeah. It's just like there's yeah. no... There's no penalty for getting spotted, and and in a game like Hitman, if you get spotted, you're not like the superhero. Yeah, yeah. yeah you get bad. shot. I really love that it rewards your patience too, because whenever it comes to stealth, even like with Dishonored, I always get a little agitated because it feels like I'm just sitting around for so long trying to figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, I mean, there's obviously a lot of options there, but I'm the ultra cautious. Like, if I'm going to go stealth, I'm going full in, mm-hmm. and like yes. I want to make sure I'm not spotted at all. Um, but this one, just because it is designed for that. It, rewards you for that. Don't and here's uh, Dan Fast Forward if you're watching on video. This is Andrea Martinez mm. who uh, has been – that's one of the three targets. I've managed to get up to her office. Oh, my – You punched her in the face uh, after her uh, Well, it's – she's a she's a target, dude. What, what was I her – I can't let her live. What was her name? And then this guy was like, so <laughs> had to just – had to run after this point. So things did go to hell. It's a kind of professional. You threw um, such an awesome uh, uh, pronunciation of her name on the front. It's like she came to life. Well, it's Columbia. Like, no. I'm trying to be respectful to her. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I appreciate backstory that. and everything. But, like, she's I, real I to me now. I appreciate her boots, though. They were, like, I guess I understand, like, it's a little bit uh, muddy maybe before she was, but yeah. did not match her top. Oh, uh, I see. Well, my, my commentary she's dead now. I don't know much about her. <laughs> so, that's all I know. <laughs> that's the last time she'll ever make a bad fashion choice. <laughs> And then I just had to- <laughs> For committing fashion That's- crimes, I sentence you to death. Oh, you're literally the fashion. You're the fashion judge, jury, and execute. Uh, All right. So anyway, yeah, just kind of. So if you want to read more and see more, please check out my preview on IGN that has the full gameplay videos embedded in there. Don't let stealth games die. Um, They're beautiful. Yeah, if you Google yeah. just IGN Hitman Two, you should should pop up right away because it's the most <laughs> it's the most recent Hitman thing we have on. I think the this site. is going to be like one of those games I'm going to love to just bundle up in December and like get a bunch of blankets yes. and just play because it, it like again it's a slower paced thing like it does get tense but you can just take your time totally agree yeah the, the mental purpose. picture of you like all cutely bundled up and just like <laughs> I'm just gonna kill people today <laughs> with your yeah, thermal with your dumpsters. mug of cocoa oh I shot that guy in the face I have like a little Slurp. a little barrel onesie that I put yeah on yeah yeah so, like, it's a hundred percent what I'm picturing cozy. Yeah. Some nice mugs too. Hey, you know, it's whatever. I'll set the scene. <laughs> it, video games. It's, yeah. Nothing make, says December like throwing a drug lord in a wood chipper. <laughs> I hope there's a wood Is chipper. Is that an option? Yeah, there's always a wood there's chipper. A wood... <laughs> Fargo yeah, really the paved the way. Yeah. There will always be a wood chipper in, in no. a post post Fargo world. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, there's Hitman 2 for you. Now let's move on because we're already 25 minutes into a very <laughs> busy show. Mm-hmm. We'll even see if we get to all of our news stories. But so I wanted to start. We'll go uh, biggest story down to to least big and just see how far we get. xCloud, Project xCloud. You may remember from E3 this year, Microsoft teased, hey, in the future, we're going to do a streaming thing so anybody can play from anywhere. And we're like, wait, what? Well, here it is. Project xCloud will allow developers to, quote, deploy and dramatically scale access to their games across all devices on Project xCloud 
with no additional work. Microsoft's plan is to begin public trials next year so they can learn and scale with different volumes and locations. It will allow developers to uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, managed to copy that twice because I suck at my job. No, you're great. No. Uh, yeah. Oh, Microsoft is also planning on, quote, developing a new game-specific touch input overlay that provides maximum <laughs> response in a minimal footprint for players who choose to play without a controller. I'm real curious about this. Yeah. A lot of people have tried to do capacitive touch input displays for first-person shooters, and I don't can't recall one of them that was good. So I will say sure. I will say in defense of, of I guess in the other side of that though, my uh, nephews one's just turned 15, the other one's 12. The two of them Whenever I'm over at their house now, they do nothing but play PUBG Mobile. I was about and they're to say. Like on, it's on, one's on an iPad, one's on his iPhone, and it's, they might as well have a gamepad in their hands. Yeah. Like, I'm like, wow. wow. That's, I okay. know I'm old because, like, that looks crazy to me. Yeah. So I mean, to qualify, I haven't checked out the Fortnite or, or PUBG. So stuff. I have played PUBG on mobile a good bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's not as, like, precise as you would like with a controller or with a mouse and keyboard, obviously. Um, but it definitely works. I mean, mm. it feels good enough for what you're playing. Um, it's definitely harder because depending on the screen size that you're playing with, too, it's just like, is that is that a person or is that a leaf? <laughs> yeah, so, like, I could see it that. Is, it is a little bit more challenging and, and just because of your optics. But, yeah, it totally works. Something like Forza, I imagine. I mean, if you saw the trailer for the Project xCloud announcement, mm-hmm. Forza uh, featured pretty heavily. And I feel like that's a really good... Uh, sort of software. I mean, they're showing that you can use this. a controller yeah. with this. So obviously, you have to have like a little thing to attach to your controller. Oh, like a yeah, oh, like yeah, a playing Cuphead on an iPad. I can't little imagine thing, that. You know? Everyone knows the thing is playing what? They're just showing playing Cuphead on an iPad. Yeah. I'm like, oh jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, how much do I hate myself today? <laughs> uh, I recognize some people in this video, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so yeah, latency. So Microsoft uh, says Microsoft's plan. Uh, they're see, working to solve through. Uh, advances with advances in networking topology and video encoding and decoding, and the idea is you'll be able to use uh, any any Xbox One controller because they're all Bluetooth mm-hmm. and connect to yeah. your device mm-hmm. and game on. Yeah, um, so you'll essentially be streaming the software from what is essentially um, they took Xboxes and broke them down to their most basic components and as blades and put them into like these server stacks. Yes. So they have server farms that are just essentially full of Xboxes that you'll be able to stream from to your device, Mm -hmm. Uh, which in theory sounds great. It's almost like another – it's like the the flip side of the coin to what – and I I know it's kind of – maligned right now but but what crackdown 3 is trying to do right with the with, the, with its cloud computing yes yeah. mm-hmm. with the uh, make using extra power mm-hmm. with these cloud-based server shards and that, this that, is sort of like <clears throat> taking it taking another approach to that yeah that was the big selling point right it's like yeah. look it doesn't matter what's in this plastic box because if you're connected to the cloud you have essentially i mean realistically not but infinite amount of computing power <sighs> Um, from the sky, <laughs> the cloud. it'll crunch all your numbers for you and beam it back down into your plastic box. Yeah. Um, this is no, uh, slightly different. Sorry, should be on silent here. It's a slightly different version of that where it's you are basically, I guess, renting an Xbox to stream uh, that content to your phone. But again, in in theory, this sounds really cool. In practice, I mean, game streaming services have been around for a long time now, and none of them have really taken off. Yeah, Sony's hasn't quite 
<clears throat> caught on. Like they had a lot of uh, technical issues in the early days. I know it's it's working to a point now, but it's not. Switch like, is trying in Japan for yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I've, I want to see how that works. Right, and Google, then the Google Chrome, Google thing, Chrome yeah. thing, yeah. I will say though, if there are any companies on the face of the planet that I think could pull this off, it's Google and Microsoft. That's so. true. Yeah. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting. I know. I mean, Wi-Fi is one thing, right? Over over the internet, but they in the trailer they were talking about using like five G technology, which isn't even out yet. So it sounds like they're uh, going to also support you know cellular service streaming, which terrifies me. Yeah, I <laughs> could not imagine. The bill, like the phone bill. <laughs> yeah. If if it was on my phone or something. Yeah. Just, if, you're, if you're on a data plan. Ugh, well, yeah. I, I'm I'm still grandfathered into that AT and T unlimited data, yeah. and my yeah. price my monthly price keeps going up yeah. be, just because I don't want to get rid of it. No, you got to yeah. keep it. But I don't think I even use enough to warrant it. So uh, this this might change my mind. There's that, and um, I don't know. Like I personally don't think I would use this just because. I mean, just right off the bat, my instincts is like I'd rather sit down and play games. Yeah, that's where um, I'm at too. I'm kind of still of the mind of unless I've seen a movie or a show a billion times, I don't really like watching it on my phone. Mm-hmm. I prefer to watch it like on a screen and give it you know a little bit more attention. But like it's like there's like the joke of like oh that's an airplane movie right yeah it's like because it's on a small screen it's not an yeah. optimal viewing experience and I think the same thing goes for games I think you're totally right mm-hmm. but. I would like to say that this is like a really awesome opportunity to let other people play games that don't have an Xbox. And that's kind of what the hint on a lot in the video. It's just mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe you're not a console gamer. Maybe you just don't have one in your family or your friends don't have one. But this is your chance to experience some of those games. Um, I'm curious about like how pricing goes because I could see them saying, like, well, it's still a $60 game because yeah. it's the full game. It's not our fault if you choose to play it on your phone. Yeah, I my – that's exactly where I was going to go next is I presume this is basically the next evolution of Play Anywhere, yep. mm-hmm. but will will xCloud carry its own s- subscription cost with it? Like right. If you want to use this, like, yeah, if you just buy the game, you don't have to buy the game again, but, you know, okay, you've got your game pass to get your library, and <laughs> but are you going to need an, uh, an xCloud subscription as well right so i kind of wonder how all of that will fit in to like make the accessibility claim actually valid um because i could see again people not everyone can afford the brand new consoles and i Mm -hmm. think giving this option could be like a great entry point for people who can't invest in those um but yeah price point for the service at all is also a concern i mean literally almost almost everyone has a phone has a smartphone whereas not Literally, every, everyone has a has a console. Yeah, and then of course the other part is, uh, well, if someone else is using TV, you can just grab a tablet or a smartphone and then just go play somewhere else. That's what else. the switch. Be- that's that's yeah. how the switch gets used in a lot of people's homes. Yeah. A lot yeah. of mm-hmm. friends I talk to, are like, oh yeah, significant others on the TV, so I just busted out the switch for a while. Mom says my turn. You use the phone. <laughs> uh, just my off the hip opinion. I think I don't think they can charge subscription for this. I don't. I don't think this is a marquee enough feature that. <clears throat> will stand out as something you need to pay in addition to. If you're paying for Game Pass and Xbox Live, 60 bucks a year and $10 a month, so $180 a year if my math skills line up, um, you're already buying into their ecosystem, and this is just an opportunity to allow you I mean, it's 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 really really genius when you think about it because it sounds like it's it, it's a way to pull people into the Microsoft ecosystem that don't necessarily own an Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get your gold account, you get your Game Pass account, and then you start buying games on the Microsoft Store if you want to, and you can stream all of that to your phone. And I, mm-hmm. I see your both of your points about it kind of being a, a an entry point in mm-hmm. that like 
hey, maybe there's some games you start to really like, and you start, and then you like, and then you find out, oh, well, <clears throat> I have a 4K TV at home. It turns out I could go buy the Xbox One X or the probably the Scarlet by the time yeah. uh, this is out, and I could have like a full fidelity 4K experience for when I'm playing at home too. And maybe that maybe that gets some people in the door in the Xbox ecosystem to 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 a deeper you know to spend yeah. more money within the, the <laughs> ecosystem yeah oh i am i am wondering like how this is playing into the um well god i'm sorry i can't remember the name of it but the bundle the entry bundle that we were talking about earlier oh yeah it's the xbox one and game pass and and gold for yeah whatever um and then you pay throughout the the life of it um i'm curious like how this plays in with that like if, if we fair. if we see a skew of a Xbox that doesn't have a hard drive that's just streaming, and that I was rumored, and I hesitate yeah. to say that because flashback to 2013 where they revealed this box that can stream, and yeah, you have to have an internet connection and check in once a day, but it, you never have to download a game, you never have to, you know, you never have to put a disc in a tray. It's just oh, I want to play this. I'm playing it now because it's streaming. Yeah, I think they've uh, set themselves up better for that, especially with Game Pass. I think it makes that library and that accessibility a little yeah. bit more visible of like, oh, this is kind of what it's like. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm grabbing this and now I have it and I don't have to go out and buy it. It's just part of the thing that I'm already paying for. Yeah. And so maybe the streaming reality isn't so as far-fetched now as it was then. It's super exciting. I mean, Microsoft has yeah. been – or the Xbox division in particular has been so smart in setting up infrastructure for the next generation of whatever consoles are going to be. And people are saying, well, the next generation will be the last generation of consoles. But they've been saying that for a long time. I mean, it's, so. You're right though. It's really cool to see – You know, hey, Microsoft had a, a period where they, they really struggled a lot. It's been uh, a bad couple of years. And, yeah. But, but – <laughs> Over the last really year, no, I mean, I guess it goes back a little further than that. But in the you know in recent times, seeing the bigger picture mm-hmm. of what they're going for and the, the future they are playing for, and now starting to see some of that come together, we saw a lot of it at E3. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 exciting to see that. And now we have maybe the next piece of that here uh, in a in a late breaking. Report from Kotaku, our friends over there, uh, Obsidian. Excellent segue. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. You're welcome. Obsidian Entertainment, makers of, well, let's see. I mean, they did the Xbox exclusive Knights of the Old Republic 2. Mm -hmm. Fallout New Vegas. The not exclusive, but uh, an excellent game in its own right. Mm -hmm. Uh, South Park, The Stick of Truth. Pillars of Eternity. That's their current new IP that uh, was. Did they do one and Deadfire or. Yes. Also, yeah, yeah they own, that's all them. That's all them. Uh, they have done. I'm trying to think of some of their. I mean, they have such a great. I mean, the old Icewind Dale stuff from back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Imagine their next RPG if it was fully funded by Microsoft. Yeah. Well, and so, that's exactly what we're looking at here. So Ryan and uh, I had this conversation about. Microsoft Stable does not really have uh, that that core RPG studio, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obsidian is the perfect, perfect uh, piece to put into that that you know to fill that that void. Right, and they have like really unique RPGs as yeah, well. I think yeah. having isometric RPGs is not really common nowadays. Um, and seeing how they've done with Pillars of Eternity is really impressive. So it'd be yeah. kind of cool just to have that yeah. as part of. But it's Stop. it's not even it just. Happens. I totally agree. I think yeah. I so much. I mean, Divinity Original Sin Two is fantastic. I don't think we have enough core CRPG like games anymore. 
But Obsidian knows how to do a first-person RPG with Fallout. Mm-hmm. They know how to work with licenses with South Park, you know? These guys they're know what they're doing. Game. They know how to make an RPG. And it's really great to be like, hey, this is what we want to work with. Give us money yeah. to make so, it real. So this isn't to, to – I'm getting a little – we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not a done deal. Kotaku reporting that Microsoft is very close to purchasing Obsidian Entertainment – uh, they say, quote, Microsoft is finalizing a deal to acquire the independent development studio Obsidian Entertainment, according to three people briefed on the negotiations. Uh, this is Kotaku saying, we don't know if ink is on paper yet, and plenty of major acquisition deals have fallen apart in the final hours. That's fair. But those close to the companies believe it is all but done. One person with knowledge of the deal told Kotaku they'd heard it was, quote, 90 percent finished. A second person said, quote, it's a matter of when, not if. Now, uh Everything you just said, Brandon, applies. Yeah, I'm Plus, sorry. We we got excited and jumped no, the gun. Well, <laughs> so uh, if, if you kind of want to learn more about – I'm a little sh- semi-shameless self-promotion here. But if if this does happen and you want to learn about, hey, I want to learn more about Microsoft's new acquisition here. Who are these Obsidian guys? I have done an IGN Unfiltered interview with two of the, of the uh, key folks at Obsidian – Fergus Urquhart came in here and told a bunch of like, incredible stories yeah. about uh, all the times they got burned by <laughs> by these by their by their licensed agreements. You know they they saw they made a great South Park video game only to see Ubisoft yeah. come in and buy it when THQ fell apart, and then uh, T. Uh, Ubisoft kept the sequel internal mm-hmm. rather than have Obsidian do it, so that had to not be great for yeah. them. Uh, they had the aliens, a- the aliens crucible <laughs> role playing game that that, uh, that Josh Sawyer tells that story. If you watch that unfiltered of how that all went down with Sega, uh, that apparently was pretty far along and looking really good. And then, um, and then uh, of course the most infamous Fallout New Vegas with the, the game did come out and it was great. But they had this Metacritic bonus in there that they they fell like a point short and didn't get a, a big bonus, even though the game sold millions upon millions. And of it's copies. still widely regarded as one of the better follow-ups. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. So um, this strikes Brandon. You and I were talking uh, out before we came on the air that this feels like a win-win for both parties, and and not unlike the Ninja Theory. Yeah. Where in, in Ninja, remember Ninja Theory's own words in the video they put out at E3 talking about why they decided to agree to the acquisition by Microsoft, that they said, hey, like we make this stuff we're super passionate about, but we have no safety yeah. net. Like if it fails, our the the, the livelihoods of, of our entire studio is, is at risk. And you know, I can't speak for Obsidian, but the the sense I get from talking to, to Josh and talking to Fergus and is that uh, Obsidian is is Closer to that than not, where you know they're they are still one of the last remaining big independent yeah. large size studios, and and uh, if if something goes wrong, it, it can spell uh, serious trouble for them. Yeah, I'm amazed they're they're still independent. I mean, once you get to a certain size, right, you need to be able to have, like you said, that safety net. You need to be able to pay your employees. The more employees you have, the more dangerous it becomes to not you know be profitable. At, with a, whatever it is you're working on. So um, I, these guys are great at what they do. I'm really surprised no one has scooped them up yet. And maybe they wanted to re- maintain their independence, exactly. you know. Um, but I'm, I'm, 
I'm hopeful in the in the sense that Microsoft has come out and said we're acquiring these guys and we're basically going to give by these guys I mean the 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 many studios they've announced since E3 basically going to give them carte blanche to make whatever they want mm-hmm. and like like the team at Ninja Theory who are who make things they're super passionate about the pedigree of Obsidian coming in making an RPG they're passionate about with support from Microsoft both financial and technological who boy like that's some that, risks. That is a cool. Yeah, it, exactly. Like you're, they're passionate about this one thing, but they know it's not going to be a mainstream success. Right. But now they're in a position where maybe they can prototype that a little longer. Maybe they can put resources into doing things that aren't all dedicated to making the thing that makes the money to you know pay their employees. Yeah, not making a safe sequel to something that I was like, okay, we've seen this before. Like yeah. something new, something yeah. crazy. I love new IPs. Yes, <laughs> it's so exciting. Yes. But I understand why they don't happen as much because it is a, it's a gamble. But. Like yeah, Senua's I mean, Sacrifice was a Hellblade was like a big gamble. Oh, it was risk, huge. Absolutely. It was also in development for five. I mean, maybe uh, we heard about it. We knew it existed for like five years yeah. before After it came out. After Enslaved was that was their that was the project prior to yeah uh, Hellblade, right? Correct. Uh, no, they did something between. They the did two. okay. Sorry. I believe they did something between the two, but man, Enslaved was great too. Um, I just like want to see more of like that. Like yeah. More passionate projects. I mean, of the of the studio acquisitions, I think my, it's it's reasonable to suggest that Playground will is probably not doing a new thing. I mean, they sort of are because they'll, they'll be bringing Fable back, it seems. But then, oh, hopefully, continuing towards the horizon, which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's out, and I, I was just tweeting before I came in here on a quick side note. I, I feel like we're finally at the point. It's taken a couple of horizons, but I feel like we're finally at the point where that where Playground and, and Horizon is is getting its due as literally the greatest car game, if not ever, but in the, the last decade plus. Like I think game it being on Game Pass is huge. Yeah, and I'm just I feel like it's. It, it, it really flew under the radar. It was like it was just like oh, it's Forza Motorsports little baby brother offshoot. But no, now it's like look who's all grown up. I, well, it's like <laughs> Horizon's better than Motorsport. Don't tell. Turn ten. Yeah, well, that's I mean, turn ten. Oh, I have returned. <laughs> Motorsport's great too. <laughs> well, but, your voice is so deep. Um, you have a full beard. But in any case, so but yeah, you got to figure they're probably going to keep doing their thing. Yeah. But now with with Fable as well as Forza Horizon, but figure Ninja Theory is probably going to work on something new mm-hmm. uh, as their first big project. Oh, I want I it to so. be just that shit insane. We've talked about doesn't it doesn't make necessarily a lot of sense for there to be another one. A uh, Hellblade right? 2? Yeah. No. <laughs> so, I'm Hel- still crazy. Um, Hellblader. And then uh no. I mean, really the, I think the other studio acquisitions Compulsion, I mean unless I feel like We Happy Few didn't necessarily Light the world on fire, right? Well, commercially, yeah, and it's also a gearbox, right? Thing, it was a, so. so, yeah. You got to figure that's probably they're going to be doing something new. Yeah, they. I talked to them a couple months ago, and they had said they're not talking about what they're working on uh, after We Happy Few until We Happy Few is done in the in the in the world out there. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing them switch gears and and seeing something from them in the next year. I guess, yeah. So, what what do you guys want to see out of a, if this subsidian deal goes through? I, what, kind of, what kind? What kind of role? Like we can assume it's a role playing game. Yeah, that's their specialty. Now Microsoft does they they would own they would they would own Pillars of Eternity because that is Obsidian's IP that yep. would then which would make a ton of sense if they did want to continue that as a as both an Xbox CRPG and and certainly a a very much a PC CRPG as well. But 
Yeah, what what uh, where do they go? Where does Obsidian go? Oh man, I would love to see them staff up to continue the uh, Pillars of Eternity series, and then um, have a, another team make a post-apocalyptic first-person RPG. <laughs> <laughs> I just want some sort of first-person RPG. Um, I'm not super big on isometric RPGs, so it would be nice to see them like you know not obviously not Fallout like New Vegas, but making something in that similar like an open world bigger RPG with their full cash behind them of realizing they're like, hey, let's go crazy with our next RPG and make it huge in scope. Yeah. My only downside to that is that I don't want to wait six years to play this thing, you know? Well, but these are all forward thinking, like just like all the other studio acquisitions. Yeah. These are not going to pay off for the gamer tomorrow. These are all... These are all Scarlet Era things. I yeah, but like his, make the games they want to make. Yeah, yeah. that's that's true. It's but like but the question is like, what do we want them to make? And, <laughs> and I want them to make what they want to make. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's you're just cheating. Make your dreams. Uh, <laughs> if you believe it, you can achieve it. Um, <laughs> it's I I would love to see some sort of um, first person RPG from them because we don't really have anything else like that outside of Fallout and Elder Scrolls. Right. Bethesda sort of got the market cornered there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could say Prey, but that's also Bethesda. Um, so I would love to see that, but I don't want it to come out like at the end of Scarlet's life cycle, you know? And if it did and it blew the doors off, that would be awesome. But, uh, I, I, that team is too good to like not play something from them for three years. I have some words for you, Brandon. What? There will be other games. (laughs) Between now and then. You don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's true. They could just stop making games altogether. Everyone. Entire world. I imagine. (laughs) Hope not. Yeah, right. That'd be well, we're all out of jobs. Anyway, uh, I imagine the initiative is going to be making a third-person cinematic action game, so that that's going to be great. Um, and I say that because the initiative is a quadruple A studio, right? Play. Yeah, the uh, make make the the Sony style. Make the Sony. <laughs> I was trying not to say, well, it, but you know, it's like they've got speaking of cornering the market. That's yeah, sort of Sony's market. So I believe the initiative is going to make the big Sony blockbuster game uh, for the Scarlet. And then uh, Obsidian make a great RPG. Hellblade do something wacky that just astounds. Ninja uh, Theory, you mean? Sorry, Ninja Theory uh, make something wacky that astounds. Um, Playground brings and Fable back and bring, keeps Horizon rolling. G- you give me an open world Fable, I'm excited. Suddenly, I'm you've excited. Got, you've got one hell of a first party portfolio. It's in, looking real the, good, the next Ryan. Generation of Xbox. It's looking real yeah, good. Halo on the horizon. New games. Infinite. Infinite. Here's so five. I mean, here's five. We'll close out the the Xbox One generation. <laughs> Uh, seemingly in grand fashion from what that incredible E3 showing and then infinite. I'm excited. I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I, I, uh, For next generation. I can't wait to see what's doing. So. I've got scarlet fever. How many months do you have till E3? <gasps> it's lethal. <laughs> Don't you even say that. Don't say that. I know. I'm just excited about new things. I literally woke up in like at 6.30 in the morning the other day and I was just like, oh, I can't. Right. <laughs> uh, let's yeah, move on. We, we've only got time here for probably one more of the stories. Uh, it was a lucky one. Yeah. Well, let's do – we got to talk Telltale here. I did tease it at the yeah, top after I think that's all. Important. So Sky, Skybound, Robert Kirkman's production company, uh, of course, yep. parent of Walking Dead, has, uh, has said, quote, We've successfully negotiated with Telltale Games for our company, Skybound, to come in and see season four of the Telltale game to completion, said Robert Kirkman. According to a statement from Skybound, the company, quote, has taken ownership of Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season, and will finish the season. 
Skybound will work with members of the original Telltale team to finish the story in a way the fans deserve. Skybound will continue to update fans on the status of the game on their various social medias and websites. Well, that's all well and good, uh, but I hope that the the employees come first. I know – I'm sure I, I don't even begin to understand the, the the complicated nature of this as far as I can't imagine Skybound will be paying the severance that none of them got or anything like that. Nope. This is probably going to be a contract situation of just come in and we'll pay you for your goods for service time right. to complete this, which is certainly better than what they've the, – the, the shaft they got from Telltale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, like I, I, I'm hesitant to speak on it because I don't know. I know there were a lot of job fairs, a lot of other uh, publishers and developers and studios and what have you stepped up and like we're really doing a lot of outreach. So on paper, this sounds like maybe they get, you know, a couple more months of work out of it and give them time to set up whatever that transition to the next thing is. But God, I hope in those negotiations, which I don't imagine were very hard, like <laughs> there's not a whole lot to oh, negotiate. Hey, you're dead. Can yeah. we? Yeah. Like, listen, we will literally put your game out, but like, here are our demands, kind of thing. Um, and again, I know nothing about how and that's also situations work. So, unfortunately, probably only for you know, of the what two hundred plus people that got laid off, not everyone's going to get a shot at helping. Like, you know, the marketing, the video teams, like they're probably not yeah. going to be used, so they VR don't are and all kinds of yeah. You're very you're very accurate. And the question is also fair to, to pose is. Who who of the original team will be available? Because hopefully those job fairs yeah. have paid off, and some of that, hopefully many of those uh, affected employees have found new work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I it's wonder, a tough situation. Yeah, kind of, they'll have to just patch it together. In a good situation, I hope that like, they give like a consulting fee. It's just like, could you consult with us on where we should go, and we'll pay you for your input. Yeah, and like your that. time. Yeah. yeah, maybe something you can work. I would out. I would hate for there to be a. Uh, a situation where it's like, well, I've accepted a position at you know Activision Blizzard, and I start there next week. But oh God, I really want to finish this. My baby, I really want to finish this up. You know, so I imagine that could be a hard decision. But hopefully, everyone is employed at the end of this, and yeah, the game comes um, out. Hopefully, I, no one's pressured to go like just tell us what the ending is, and we'll just do it and not pay you for it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, w- I would presume it was at least if there wasn't an actual script for three and four yet. I'm sure there had to be for three by this point. Maybe not quite four, but. There's obviously an outline. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, yeah, how much of it was done? Presumably, Skybound gets access to the the the, en- the Telltale engine, maligned as it is, mm-hmm. but that's what they're working. You know, the engine and the assets. Mm-hmm. I would think they just they'll they'll get access to everything to yeah. I'm curious. The I'm curious with. if they own it or if they're essentially licensing it f- to complete this. I would ass- this game. Assume. The latter, but I mean, again, we don't know the full details yeah. of this until we find out more. We can't really say, um, but yeah, I just hope everyone affected. Yeah, well, good on getting, Skybound. Yeah, good stuff for them. So I like that. Geez. So uh, yeah, we'll definitely be keeping a very close eye on that story as it continues to unfold. There are obviously no timelines for when that could happen. They have to piece a team together and and get the project managed and planned out. Uh, now these Telltale had been typically cranking these out every couple of months or so. So uh, we're here in October. I would not be at all surprised if we don't see anything until early 2019 mm-hmm. out of this. But mm-hmm. at least it does seem like it is going to get done, which yeah. uh, a week ago 
that wasn't going to happen. So best wishes to the affected employees and, and hopefully uh, creatively some of you can get some closure with with uh, wrapping wrapping up the final season of what has been an excellent run of, of video games. Uh, all right. Let's move on now. Uh, quick new segment. What? The Marketplace Report is dead. Aww. We murdered it and dumped it in the bin outside with, the window. Like, with uh, did you with your tattoos? Your tattoos? So yeah. we took it to a bar first. We punched it <laughs> in the face and we snapped laid. its neck. <laughs> we poisoned its drink. I choked it out in the bathroom. Oh, no. Now, right Marketplace now. Report. Stripped its clothing. It came in at a good time, didn't I? <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's Brandon. pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ryan, I fear change. So what is this new segment? All right. So we thought, you know, we get a lot of requests from from the audience. It's like, well, do you guys do you guys ever do like take reader questions or, or this or talk about what you're playing or that? You just took one. Ha. So, uh, <laughs> Done for the we week. We thought rather than go over – a mile-long list of games that none of you and none of us has ever played or will ever play, which is most, unfortunately, of what the release list is each week. It's just an odd dumping ground now. Uh, we thought, well, let's maybe put this time to better use. So I thought, well, we could call it the loot box because it, can, it will just be different each week and you don't know what you're going to get <laughs> until you get to that segment. Do, do I have to pay to play this and game? And also, this show now costs four ninety nine. dollars I mean... Oh sure, yeah, we want to right. do that. Can, can we do that? No, it's uh, that it will not cost I got you a anything. phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> it will not cost you anything. So uh, we might do stuff like uh, like a, a AMAs from the audience, where we just you just submit questions and we just we fire off a bunch of questions to the panel during the uh, whether it's about us or about Xbox games, whatever you want to do. We might do that. In fact, we'll start. Let me float that out there. Unlocked at ign.com. We'll take your questions next week. We'll do kind of a little impromptu short AMA segment. If you want to ask us something, ask, uh, talk Xbox in some way, let's do that. Unlocked at IGN.com. We might, if a game anniversary is coming around, we might spend time reminiscing about that. Uh, we, it's October, so odds are we might talk about our favorite spooky games spooky. at some point Ooh. this month Yay. during uh, the loot box. And yeah, we have a couple of other ideas we're throwing around too. For this week, uh, in fact, we're going to do spooky games right now. Yeah. Woo. Boo. Too spooky. Time. Surprised you. Oh, man. Nailed it. You startled me. So scared. <laughs> you look shocked. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, why not? We'll mix it up each week, and we'll start this week with being October. Our favorite spooky Xbox games ever, uh, Miranda. Yes. Hello. Do you play spooky games? No. <laughs> I don't either, really. No, well, but, scary games, no. Yeah, it's, it's spooky. They're not for everyone. No. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I don't, like, it's, but I, I, you, you do, you've got something that you've played that stands out in yeah. your memory. So kind of in the, the, like, spirit of Halloween and October and kind of the fall season, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Night in the Woods, which is a, a great adventure game, kind of. Um, you just there's some spooky parts. A little bit. Yeah, there's definitely spooky parts. There are mysteries. Um, Zoinks! There are... <laughs> <laughs> there are crimes. There's some crimes you can do. It's great. Um, so I just like think it's a great um, adventure where you start as this little cat who has just come home from college Aww. because she's not she's not really feeling it, and so she has to go home. And she's kind of working through what, why she came home from college, um, and seeing her old friends from her old town in this kind of middle of nowhere uh, fall season. So I highly recommend it. 
it's a little bit longer, and there's like a lot of things you can explore and just kind of yeah. do and um, do crimes. You can do crimes, which is the most important thing. And it's just got like a great art style, and, like really charming characters, and it's written really well too. So I've always heard nothing but good things about yeah. the yeah. game, yeah. Uh, and it's one of those I've never gotten to. So mm-hmm. sounds I like. Need to change that. Is that the TV yeah. one that you? It's like on the side, and you you walk like, left and right. Okay. Yeah, and you can like kind of jump up into things and explore. I always mix that one up with the uh, sort of top-down survival in the woods one with the boy with the oh, don't bird. starve, don't starve. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, not that one. Don't starve in the woods at night. <laughs> don't starve <laughs> in the night in the woods. Don't do okay. that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat some food. Brendan, uh, you were not pre-briefed on this, so I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Do you have a favorite, sp- particularly if it's been on Xbox? Particularly on Xbox, okay. Uh, well, in that case, recently, in the last couple years, uh, I was forced at gunpoint to do a guide for Resident Evil 7. Ah. And I think I spent five minutes outside the first house with the, just the doorway into darkness. <laughs> breathing into a paper bag. <laughs> I had the little, this is fine plush dog yeah. in my lap. I'm just like, I can do this. I can do it. Just go in there and you would just write what happens. Rampage. I just like close my eyes and go in. Like as the game progressed, I was more attuned to it, but like those yeah. first opening hours of that game are terrifying. Yeah. And especially if you ever played like, in the VR version, like that even. Oh, yeah, did, God. did I played, I did the, I participated in the how scary is Resident Evil 7 in VR thing that Destin put together where nope. it was, it was in the cabin and you're tied to the chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh that God, was, I uh, did that too. That was, that was intense. And then you can sure. hear him come behind you and you just can't see like, whoa, where are they? Yeah. Like, oh or, yeah. Or a, a severed head rolls across the floor. If you're not familiar with this, IGN sometimes does a series called How Scary. And it just gets a bunch of us big babies. And they make us, me do a lot of them. But puts my, us in a room and like makes <laughs> us play scary video games. Thank you for, for doing them. My, my, uh, my coping mechanism <laughs> is just make really bad jokes. So I'm on every video we do, I'm always just going like, oh, hey, it's a little head rolling. Hey, can you help me? Can you yeah. pass, pass the knife? <laughs> and secretly <laughs> you're like, oh, I think I just beat a little. Pretty much. <laughs> I yeah. mask it well. So you, you were able to uh, – Gained some confidence as RE7 went on. Wrote a whole damn guide, but I was scared the entire way. That Hold sounds on. like an unsafe working conditions. Like you, you should not be subject. You should to bring that. that to my boss. I think it started when I was just like, no, I won't do the horror games because I have severe anxiety problems with horror stuff, and I'm just like, I can't handle it. Yeah, I get super scared. You know, Destin made me play uh, uh, Slender, sorry. the eight pages. It was one of the first things I had to do. He's just like, I need you to record this. I'm just like. Oh, why? That's because <laughs> Destin is hero. the worst. Yes. Also, Destin's uh, vote for his spooky game is Amnesia: Dark Descent. I watched him stream that game. It was he funny. an actual yeah. scary game. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Destin. <clears throat> yeah, he, he is not afraid. Very spooky. Brandon. Um. So I don't, I'm like many of the panel here. I don't play scary games because nah. Um, I am the kind of dude that like I watch scary movies, but I like tense up and I'm like, oh god, just just do it, just jump, just go. <laughs> with a uh, with a spooky game, nothing happens until you actually force it to happen. So like it, I feel like spooky games can be more evocative of emotion than movies can. Having said that, the last one I played was I think that Silent Hill 2 remastered collection that came yes. out a couple years ago. Mm. I bought that. I got to the part in the apartment where you're in the closet and Pyramid Head walks by, and I was just like. Nope. <laughs> and I got up and walked away. That was it? Yep. That was the extent of it. Was like, it was like 90 minutes in, too. Yeah. If that. I'm just like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to do this. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, Silent Hill's known for... They can't scare you if you walk away. That's true. <laughs> the only way to win is not to play. Yeah, I, for me, I'm, I... This is such a great segment. We're like, oh, none of us play because we're all terrified <laughs> little children. But that's okay. I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I, I don't do scary very well. 
Uh, I remember my uh, ex-wife way back in the day wanted to watch The Ring. And I, I literally like I I just I just didn't I, I heard the movie didn't watch the movie yeah are they it's not a yet. good movie yeah uh, I feel like that's me. okay because the majority of that movie is about watching a shitty VHS tape and you're yeah, just like no I'm good um, it sounds but, scary. Um, one game that I I do adore that was definitely creepy AF at times was see I'm hip and cool yeah the youth you're down you got the four one one the original condemned yeah Xbox was, was that <laughs> launch title was that the one with the mannequins yes yeah oh. in the department store yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, the original a, first person there's no. an abandoned school yep all abandoned schools are are haunting and terrifying anytime I see mannequins in the game I freak out yeah the mannequins uh, that was bad. Um, yeah because those a, nurse those nurse mannequins in uh in Silent Hill as well right yeah. I feel like have, every every horror game's got that good like inanimate object moves when you're not looking at it <laughs> moment, and those are just no. Yeah, the uh, you know, condemned is first person, so it's it's in your very in your face oh, yeah. video game. Yeah, uh, there's yeah towards the end, like I feel like the second to last level, you're on some terrifying guys like farm property, and it's just like no. But I made it through the game, but not before I had to call my friend Brian, <laughs> and I was like, dude, you. You have to come over and talk with me. Talk like, me down, I Brian. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it by myself. I did need moral support from a friend in order to make it through. <laughs> he just lights a sandalwood candle and like a good shoulder rub later. Yeah, and you're like, all right, we can I do this. I won't lie. When he, when he had me do uh, The Slender, I had Brian Mockwitz sit next to me while I, I played that game. So I was like, I need someone. Because I was all alone like in the office. So Everyone's part. got a friend named Brian that helps them through <laughs> horror games. Yeah, I actually called um, uh, my partner Brian. I was playing uh, The Vanity of Ethan Carter. <laughs> so it's not even a horror game, but there's a scary segment and I had to do a guide for it. And I was just like, why is this suddenly spooky? And I was like almost crying and I had to get through this because I was freelance at the time. I wasn't going to turn it down. So I was like halfway through the game. I was like, Brian, I'm just really scared. And <laughs> You're it keeps popping out. You're I just got to capture this. I want to give a shout out to Brian's everywhere for being yeah. there when we're scared. <laughs> so it's a strong Hashtag hug a Brian. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Yeah. There you With go. consent. Uh, yeah. That's all right. First loot box is done. We made it. We we shared our anxieties over spooky yeah, so horror games. This is obviously plenty of like really great lists. We have plenty of lists about like true horror games. Yes. Um, Chloe Rad, of course, knows plenty. To oh, yeah. play. She she's has a, a cast iron stomach and heart. She can yeah. play those games. She's, she's the best she, of us. She didn't like disassociate herself from whatever causes she people to be horror. afraid. And she's just like, oh yeah, it was pretty spooky. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> so there you go. So, so yeah, send us your ask us anything questions uh, for next week. Unlocked at IGN.com. That's the email address. And we'll, I mean, I guess I'm telling you that it won't be so random next week, but it's, we're just getting it started. We'll get it start, get it started. Yeah. We'll, or if you have ideas for something that you'd yes. like us to talk about or segments, shh, fire them away. Yeah. Fun we'll, thing. uh, we'll do this. We'll do something different every week of, for the loot box. All right. Real quick. We're running, running late here. It is unlock block trivia time. And Miranda, I'm hoping that, uh, we're going to get some, some attempt at victory now. Now that, now that. <laughs> Alana can't win. Well, now that I've started in a whole alternate universe trivia, it's fine. Like, <laughs> Doesn't I can, exist. Hey, you trivia? Doesn't yes. exist. And that, and that one, um, Alana's up 10 points. Okay. You'll probably over our house. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's all it. just look so. at her disapprovingly. Ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Eric from Austin, Texas, whose gamer tag, if you'd like to friend him up, is Warrior0614 on Xbox yeah, June 14th. He sends his question in and it's this in the beginning of Beyond Good and Evil for those of you who are BG&E fans. There's an animal walking around on the top 
uh, around the top of the lighthouse. You can't take a picture of it until you've obtained yeah. the zoom lens for your camera. What animal was it? I never played BG. I know this one. I never played Beyond Good and Evil. So I love Beyond Good and Evil. All right, What's well, funny is, is I tweeted about this when they revealed at E3. Yeah, the sequel. They they did that sequel reveal, and I'm like, I I'm 100 yeah. percent have to play Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah. Still haven't done it. All right. Well, uh, the three of us would be guessing. Then I'll go Brandon's way first. Do you want to take a shot here? I mean, the seagull seems too obvious. Otters and penguins can't climb lighthouses. I'm going to go D monkey. Okay. I'm going to believe in that penguin. Okay. Be penguin. Good. Uh, Brendan, would you like to set us all straight on this? Yeah, you're wrong because otters can climb, and there's an otter at the top of the lighthouse, and there he's is, really he's cute. Right. He, he's totally right. <laughs> so we get to put uh, we get to put Brendan on the board. Excellent job, Eric and Austin. That is a, a play beyond wonderful good and evil. question. It's got this really like cool otter. Part of this like is just taking pictures of animals and stuff. I love it. You're a journalist. Already. It's Pokemon Snap. Yeah, pretty much. It's the best <laughs> so, not Pokemon Snap there is. <laughs> Good stuff from Eric. If you would like to try and stump us, as as Eric did quite a mostly seventy five percent. Well good done, job Eric. Doing, <laughs> send your trivia question to unlocked at ign.com, that same email address. Please include four multiple choice answers and note the correct one in your email, and we'll play again next week. We're getting towards the end of the year. Somebody's going to win that trophy. What do we have? We got two weeks in October, Already in the four in November, and three in December. But you know, there's uh, some holidays in there with Thanksgiving and yeah. you know holiday. So, so we got a, less than ten more well, shows. Probably fewer than ten more than ten shows. Fewer than ten. Thank you. Words. <laughs> I got your back. I'm Man, an editor. Do we get a participation here. trophy? Yeah, I put it, got it and noted it down. Participation trophy. Oh, not, not a little trophy. Not oh. a I'll, literal trophy. I'll draw it for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, time to go. Let's, uh, let's do a little self-promotion, because why not? You've sat with us this long. You must clearly like us. Brendan Graber, where can we follow you online? What are you working on on IGN that we should be checking out? You can follow me at Raga underscore Fraga on Twitter. And as I just got back from Fallout, we'll have a lot of cool pieces. We already have Joe Scrabble's preview tomorrow. Uh, yeah, On Wednesday, we'll have uh, a lot of the little things we learned. And there's plenty more footage clips going up. And I'll be working on the wiki for that as well. And Assassin's Creed Odyssey, because I'm still working on that guide with our other guide team members. And oh boy, it's a, it's, it's a heck of a fall for wikis. Huge it's game. Use, uh, use that Assassin's Creed Odyssey wiki if you're playing. It's what, an 80 hour game. So odds are you'll need a little help at some point. Yeah. Brendan a, and the team have you covered. There's a lot of hidden stuff too in that game. So some games are big, but you know, pretty straightforward. Not one of them. So one Miranda. You can find me at Havoc Rose and that's Havoc with a K. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere else. Um, I think this, Week is the last episode of Anime Omake, which is an anime miniseries that I was a host on. Um, I also had another anime feature go up this past weekend about the five best new anime from summer in case you guys want to binge any anime anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, as far as game stuff goes, I am working on things, but I can't talk about them yet, so... That's how it goes in Q4. Yeah. It's just yeah. a bunch of secrets. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I feel like this self-promotion segment is a lot of like neener, like, neener, neener. Not on purpose. No, yeah, I know. I because I'm the same way. Like I, yeah. you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Tyrell. It's just my name. Um, I reviewed Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, that went up last week. I really, Watch the review. The man slaved over it. I really yeah. liked it. Um, I also got a chance to unbox the $220 Pantheon Collector's Edition that comes with two. Not one, two statues, uh, and they fit together in a cool way. So you can check that out, unboxing out too, and the rest of the stuff I can't talk about. I'm sorry. Um, oh, man. Maybe next week. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I, I plugged Unfiltered earlier. Go learn about the <laughs> the folks from Obsidian 
Josh Sawyer and, and Fergus Urquhart, who apparently may be about to join the Microsoft family. And, uh, yeah, the Hitman preview plugged that already as well. So I think that does it for me. Thanks to all of you for watching, for listening. Find us on unlocked.ign.com Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to come, uh, come to IGN, watch the show early. Or if you prefer a podcast form or YouTube, that goes up on Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the respective platforms and channels. Thanks to the panel, as always. Brendan, thanks for the dropping us, uh, dropping the knowledge on Fallout 76. The knowledge nuke. Like a bomb. That's right. Well played. <laughs> and we'll see everybody next week. <laughs>